the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has taken some time off. Uh, we're going to be here with you for the next hour talking about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, actually. Thank you. Did you see a moon this morning, David? I did not see a moon this morning. But, but it was, was gorgeous. Was le- moon out. Last night was gorgeous. Spectacular. I saw it when I got home, but I didn't see it when I I didn't see it this morning either, night. but it was beautiful last night. This morning. I saw beautiful stars in a crystal clear sky it was it was 50 it was degrees clear. it was a 50 degrees yep. crystal clear sky well, nice. we, were, we were driving up from bankers hill and last night um and it was about 73 73 degrees there you go oh i th- would have thought after all these years you would have learned how the <laughs> microphone worked <laughs> i thought That's, it was sounds like you're in a cave too directional <laughs> Well, I've been there told I was raised in a cave with wolves. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, more than one time. But anyway, like like eight forty five last night in Bankers Hill, it was seventy three degrees. Still, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful was. evening. Yeah. yeah, went out to dinner last night there with um, some friends. Very cool little place on Fourth uh, Avenue called Whetstone. If you're down in that area, I would highly recommend stopping in and checking that out. Um, let's see. Although yeah. it was, I was telling George, we parked on Third Avenue. We got out of the car, and this is going to come up later in conversation in the show. Got out of the car, and I was like, oh, man. Somebody had uh, just very recently mulched their property with the uh, landfill mulch. Oh, that's and very distinctive. It, it has, oh. yeah, it's, you, you know what it is. It's a horrible smell. <laughs> uh, well, horrible. I don't know it's, if it's, it's horrible. It brings back lovely memories. Of what? Of going <laughs> to the dump. <laughs> of taking empty trash cans with my kids. To the Miramar landfill, not dump, <clears throat> and um, filling it up with with mulch to yeah. to bring home and put down. And they had their little shovels, and we had a grand old time. Oh, good, good. I'm you know, that's I, not the I, memory I, that I that I have. I actually I very similarly have the same, not with your kids, but the same yeah. memories of going there and gathering up either mulch or dropping off a, a lot of uh, wood debris that would be turned into mulch. My daughter told me sometime earlier this year that she was remembering us going to the landfill. She may have used that improper word. The improper term. (laughs) Um, Because there was a smell at her office or in North Carolina that reminded her of that lovely fragrance. It's distinct, and it it does bring back memories. Whenever I'm in that area near near the base at Miramar or something and I smell it, it brings back Fond memories. Yeah. Unfortunately, on the mornings when we leave the radio station, there's a different smell wafting across the Miramar base. Road. Yes, yes, yes. That is a little different. It is a little different. I don't think I've noticed that. Really? Yeah. But well, I usually I, have my windows rolled up. So. Yeah, that's a good idea. I thought I was behind a, a stinky trash Oh, you're truck going by the wastewater recycling plant? Water, yes. water reclamation. Uh, it wafts okay. north. Wa- water reclamation plant. That's yes. Right. Yeah. The okay. ultimate destination. But Interesting. It, it, we have uh, gotten a little bit of far from your dinner plans to the mulch and into the. Well, no, I, 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 I just I just mentioned that we we went to Whetstone on Fourth Avenue. It was great, and then that we parked and 
uh, we're going to be talking about. Oh, he, he was trying. To, he was trying. Yeah, he was trying to bring it to garden talk. Okay, and it well, was mulch. Yes, but we didn't do the weather yet. We did the moon, but it's going to be hot today. It is brisk out this morning. It's going to be very hot and dry today. My hands are becoming chapped. But so you have the really soft hands. That's right. I remember this. Sometimes, yes. sometimes I've been doing work with them this week. Got three gophers, but it's going to be cooler the next couple of days. You said the temperatures are going to plummet tomorrow. They're going to plummet, which makes me think we're going to need jackets and things. But it's supposed to be in the mid to upper 80s today, low 90s. Yeah, so it's going to drop so, to the high 60s, low 70s tomorrow. Probably or 70s. Like which is, you yes. know, it, which is cold if you've been used to the warmer weather. Well, especially when you get older. Right. <clears throat> yes. I was, oh. look, I was looking at the weather back and we're going back to Durham next week. And I was looking at, because I went out and bought a new winter jacket because I didn't have a winter jacket. And I was looking at the weather and it's like, I'm not going to need that. It's going to be in the 70s in the daytime and the 40s at night. So I would need a jacket fun. in the 40s. Well, I'll need a jacket in the 40s, but right. I don't need this heavy winter jacket that's going to take up as much room as a single carry-on bag. Right. So. What, I'm I surprised you don't have a jacket. I do have a jacket. I don't have a winter jacket. I don't have a cold. I, mean a cold, I don't, cold I don't have a. I don't have a cold weather jacket because I don't. Jacket. I don't. I don't go to cold weather. I got usually, you. So apparently you do. Well, <laughs> well, I go to areas where there can be cold weather, but it's not going to be cold when I'm there. Mr. So. Anderson, calm down. I, You're getting a little. I'm fine. A little, come I'm on fine. now. But now, with the weather change, are we expecting any moisture? Perhaps okay. later in the week. Well, actually, so. Monday they're talking about some drizzle. Bum, bum, bum. So maybe some drizzle just, on Monday, but they're looking at the long range, and we all know how good the forecasters are on the long range forecast in Southern California. But maybe the end of the weekend, next weekend, there's a 35% chance of precipitation on the long range forecast. I'm very excited about well, that. Well, the only, the, only the only thing that benefits when we get drizzle in San Diego is the uh, auto body companies. <laughs> Because it really doesn't do much as far as landscape is concerned, but it, it, it keeps it keeps the auto body companies busy. It can dust get the dust off oh, their can, leaves. Yeah, so. that that can help. But you know what? I I last night when I got home, I turned on my sprinklers for my avocado tree because it's been dry and warm this week, and so I couldn't remember if I watered last Sunday or not because it's been cool and relatively. That reminds cool. me, I've got to check my avocado trees when I get home today. Yeah, so we, we, turned, we turned everything back on after that little rain we had to make sure yeah, I, everything was wet before this little Santa Ana came blowing. I, I turned I turned all my stuff back on. I did successfully remove three gophers from the property this week. Yes. And what uh, what device did you use? Uh, a black hole and a black box. Like the half the shell and too. the tube. I've been using the gopher hawk and have gotten two in the last two weeks. Yeah, you've had very good success with the gopher, gopher hawk. I have. As long, it, it, but like any other... Device, you just you have to get it in the right spot. If, if you're yeah. if you're not in, in an active tunnel or you think you are, it, it's useless. I was pretty excited. I figured it all out. I now know how to get gophers every time I set the trap. Well, not every time because you set it last night and didn't get well, it. Well, hang so. on. I'm getting to that. I'm going to do this story <laughs> sequentially. Um, and I was setting the traps in the evening. And I normally mm. would set a trap in the morning. And the three, three out of three... I, I got gophers this week setting the traps in the evening. By the time I got up, I had gophers. Now, what do you think that is? Because you're, you're using the the black hole and the... I'm figuring they're doing more cruising around at night. I don't know. Because it's, well, see, there's less then, light in the dark tunnel. Now, hang on. Hang on. Well, yes, maybe they don't see the trap as, as well as they would. I don't know. Well, see, that's why I was wondering. If you, if you put the trap down at night, they... What attracts them to the trap is the hole that's in the end of it, is the light that goes into the tunnel. So if you put the trap down at night, they don't realize it. And then when the daytime rolls around and there's light shining through the tunnel, then they go up and... Well, I also put extra dirt over the trap and around the holes in the trap so they don't see any light. In it, so they just think it's the tunnel. So last night, feeling a little uh, cocky, so to speak, I set two more traps. And I got a total of zero gophers. So it's ruined my perfect Your week. batting averages. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What I like about the gopher hawk is being able to just glance out across the property and seeing if you've gotten anything or not. 
because the spring pops up and there's a different color that's I'm a little visible. less What's got to be yeah. really exciting is when you look out and you actually see the spring pop up out of the ground. And I haven't <laughs> seen that, but to your point about doing it only at night, I do it in the daytime and I've caught them in the daytime. So, because it, at least where I live, they work so, so in the ruining, day. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're underground. They're underground, so. so they really can't tell that, you know, so they, they it's dark. Just, just saying. I had it all figured out and you've ruined it for I'm me. sorry. But here, I did I'm here do one you. other thing. I put two traps in. Instead of just one, I put one on each side, which is the recommended I, way. Right. But I've always said, well, you just put one in, and if it backfills the other hole, well, you know which side Turn it's it on. Turn it around, right. And so on these last two, I did only one. So maybe I need to go back to, uh, I got to dance with the one who brung you or something plan, like that. Plan A. That well, yeah, I, gotta, I have to do it the what we call the right way, and it might work. Uh, we had one of our suppliers bring in a box of new and improved uh, rodent traps, uh, yes, for us to test out. So I took I took some home and uh, well, we caught a bird with one. Which didn't, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> didn't didn't expect to happen. Um, yeah. Caught a, caught a lizard with one. Uh, both of which, well, the lizard survived. I know that. Um, the but the yeah. design of the trap it looks good on paper, but the problem is that the, the the trigger where the bait pocket is is vertical on some of them so they go into this little tunnel the 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 trap comes out slides out of a plastic tunnel you set it you bait it and set it and slide it back into the tunnel again well the problem is that the rodents will go into the tunnel and they'll and so there's like a vertical wall with bait on it and they'll sit there and, and eat the bait well they don't ever put enough weight on the plate because they're just licking the bait to trigger it the the catch is, right. is too strong, so they they don't they don't that's, work that That's well. the one that scared the bejeebers. Well, yeah, when, I, when I when I stuck the pen in it and the yes. pen exploded, yeah, that that it scared has a, us all. It has a tremendous spring mechanism. Yeah, yeah, it, I was leery of setting that one personally. Yeah, so it. Uh, Although I do have a couple of them set, but I've not caught anything in those I have yet. Not, I I haven't caught anything in the covered ones. It's the open the open one I did catch right. something with, and that and that's a that's a pretty good trap, but you. You don't want to leave it out in the open where, right. where birds can see it. Well, I've had very good luck with those traps, but I put them out in the evening and pick them up in the morning because of the bird situ the potential bird situation. I the one that I the the one that I've had the most luck with as far as mechanical traps is concerned, and they're the, by far the easiest to set is the um, the tomcats. Those yes, black tomcats. That's the one. I they're use they're outstanding. I put them around the chicken coop at night and then pick them up in the morning. I haven't put put them out for a while because if you don't remember to pick them up or you sleep in, there can be problems. No, um, I, I've, I've used the smaller tomcats for the mice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've shared before, I've set them around a hole in the garden where the voles are mm-hmm. without any bait. I just set them and I'll wake up and take two or three my uh, voles with I, no I, problem. I did lose a tomcat trap this this month. I lost one a couple of years ago. I heard it snap, and then I went out to check in the morning, and there was nothing left. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't. A predator yeah. came by, I, and that's right. kind of what cleared, cleared the table for you. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So, and then uh, I got a, I got a text message from my from my neighbor across the street. She, she said, "Are you are you home?" And I said, "Yeah. What, what's going on?" She goes. I caught a rat in the garage, and I need you to come take care of it for me. So I had to go over and dispatch the uh, the trap and the and the rat that she had. It well, was that, a good sized one. That is the benefit of that tomcat trap. the The setting mechanism and the the handle part is so big, you don't have to. It's away from the unless. Yeah. Careful now. Yeah. Let's just. <laughs> You, most in of, most cases, in most cases, just, you, squeeze, you squeeze the back of it over a trash receptacle, and you just drop the the rodent, and in. then you can reset and it and forget it, just like the Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue, <laughs> or not barbecue, Showtime Rotisserie, Showtime Rotisserie. It's your story. <laughs> Set it and forget it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We have classes uh, this weekend. Oh, that's at, right. At, at both stores in San Diego, it's going to be fall color, I believe. Josh. Is it going to be teaching that? Uh, That's exactly how I wanted you to say it. It's Ryan. Just exactly. It oh, Ryan? Ryan. Oh, it is Ryan. It is Ryan. Okay. Yeah, we. I believe it is Ryan. Uh, Mark is not here to confirm that. But that's going to be fall color in San Diego at 9 o'clock. 
I, I would submit to you, had Mark been here, he would not have confirmed it. He said, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's who it is. He would have done it exactly as you did it, Ken. You did it perfectly. And we have a special class in the Poway store today at 930. It's going to be Smart, Par- Smart Pot Gardening with Eric Olson from Smart Pots. And uh, for those of you that don't know what Smart Pots are, it's a pot that is made out of a woven felt like fab felt like fabric plastic felt uh, and they have they do very very well uh, it, for container gardening they're they're fantastic uh, now we we have a peach tree a, a dwarf peach tree and one in the Poway store that we've mm-hmm. had for 2 years 3 years yeah. now and it's thriving it's in a that's a garden bed <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> large it's a very large one but still yes. it's it's that that type of material but it's, the, it's thriving it's the true dwarf peach that only grows a few inches a year so we can stay in a container like right that. yeah so that's going to be today at 9.30 in both instances in San Diego. Get there early so you can get a parking space in Poway. It's probably going to be a pretty popular class, so get there early to get a seat. If you want to give us a call today, uh, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. We will be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. You're listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has taken some time off. Uh, I'm told it was not a harvest moon, that it's an orange moon that we have right now, just so you know. And that Neil, is one Neil of my Young well, I didn't saying, see it anyway, so it doesn't yeah. Neil Young was saying harvest moon. Yeah, so. that's one of my favorite Neil Young songs. I love uh, that song. It is a very nice song. So we had mentioned we have uh, Garden Classes Today, uh, Fall Color with Ryan in San Diego. And Smart Pot Gardening in Poway. Uh, Remember the beets I planted in my Smart Pot last year? No. And I, you know, I over-sowed just like I normally do so that mm-hmm. I could thin out and have the greens as the season progressed. And then I didn't thin them out, and it was way overcrowded. And they didn't do They didn't, do they so didn't well. thrive? There is something to be said for overcrowding a pot and them not doing it. The beets don't develop quite as fully as they would if they had space. Well, that would make and nutrients sense. Nutrients and water. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're just figuring that out. Well, you are a garden <laughs> professional. I'm a I'm a I'm a slow learner. Uh, we also have classes coming up next weekend, the 23rd. We have a fall. Ve- this is fall fall color with Ryan is this week. Fall vegetables with Josh is next week in San Diego. And Bridgette from San Diego Seed Company is going to be talking to us in Poway about uh, fall and win- keeping your fall and winter gardens thriving. So uh, you Maybe can come in. Can... You can come in for the Smart Pot class today and, and come stay back and, the whole week, and, and come back next week or stay the whole week uh, and see Bridgette's class on uh, on fall and winter gardening. I wonder if she'll touch on thinning and proper spacing for best production. She may very. She well. may very well specifically do to highlight your errors. Uh, we also have, uh, coming up in November, on November 10th, we have a backyard orchard class with uh, Tom Spellman from Dave Wilson Nursery. That's going to be a special evening class on Wednesday, December 10th at 6 p.m. You do need to RSVP. There is no charge for the class. We just need to know about how many people are coming. Look at your look at your screen to your left. Oh, okay. Um uh, 
the the uh, backyard orchard class with Tom Spellman was is incredibly popular. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a very it's, good class. The, the last one we had, I think, was in 2016, and it was standing room only. It was packed. It he's was. A, he's a he's phenomenal a, speaker, a dynamic speaker. Knowledge. Yeah, and he knows what he's talking about. Even if you don't have a lot of space in your yard, you can still grow fruit trees, and he's he will be able to explain to you how to do it. You know what my nugget was from that presentation? Mulch. No. Oh. Well, that was another nugget. But he was talking about his focus on edibles, my focus on edibles, your, George, focus on edibles, Ken, your partial focus on edibles. But he, at the end, he said, make your yard what you want to be in. Make it a destination for yourself, whether it's vegetables or whether it's landscape, whether it's edibles and using the fruit trees that he he so dearly loves. But make your yard a place you want to be, which, yeah. I mean, I, it just yeah. it's obvious, but sometimes a board helps to. My, my takeaway from that class was the idea of planting different fruit trees that come to fruition at a different time so that instead of having, you know, four plum trees that give you all these plums at once because you happen to like Santa Rosa or something, is to put four different plum trees in. That, and so you have succession and you can have plums over a much longer season. And then when you put your other trees in, say a peach or a nectarine, that you space those on the either other side or each side of that so you can t- continue that harvest. So you have it year-round. Yeah. So that the chart that is on the Dave Wilson website that shows when each variety comes to fruition is useful when you're planting your backyard orchard. I agree with that. So if you have an interest in that and want to see what's going on, uh, give us a call, RSVP, and then show up for that class on November 10th. We're going to go to the phones. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to go Talk to Mark. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you guys doing? Good. What can we do for you? All right. Uh, kind of an interesting story. My daughter and her husband moved in with us, and she was she's pregnant. Well, she was pregnant. I now I have a beautiful granddaughter. Congratulations. She got, <laughs> she, uh, got into nesting urges, you know, a couple months before uh, giving birth, and she made a above ground garden. It's about three feet tall, you know, surrounded by cedar. And um, uh, so she, I think they put like 12 bags of dirt in that thing. But uh, they planted pumpkins. And, uh, but it was like in August when they planted them. And so I'm wondering, do you think these things will actually uh, produce? They have huge, beautiful vines and big leaves. But I'm just wondering because of how late she planted, if, uh, you know, this is going to actually do something. I guess it kind of depends on the weather, but it is late. And it would also depend on the variety because there are some smaller pumpkins that are shorter season, but probably not. August is late. It's, it's getting late now. If you do not see pumpkins on there now, then it's probably too late. Even if you do have the small ones, because the the nights are getting cold and things are going to slow way, way down. So, okay. I I was just curious, and also I haven't seen too many bees in our neighborhood, and uh, you know, was wondering if they would even be able to pollinate. You can play bee if you don't see any out there on the flowers when they open. You can use a little paintbrush or something and go from flower to flower and play the little pollinator. Oh, okay. But like yeah. David said, you know, the I'm... nights are the nights are cooler, the days are shorter, so. It, even as I started with, if it's one of the smaller varieties, if, if if you don't have pumpkins on there now, you probably won't have any for, certainly not for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, uh, just having fun listening to you guys. Keep it up. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Thank Mark. You. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Take care. This is where you change the goal from getting pumpkins to just testing out your new raised planter and sounds like they're well working good right uh, group yep. just and, a, a timing issue and i would consider switching over to you know properly thinned out and spaced beets carrots lettuce well you know it's a, like that that's a good segue i mean there's an opportunity for her to come to see brigette next week and talk about winter gardening fall and winter gardening yeah I, i'm not so sure that she's concerned about it he seemed concerned about it. She's just having fun growing her plants. That's the way I've. That's what you take. That's your takeaway. That's my takeaway. All right. Yes. If you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We were talking about the change that's coming in the weather. 
Um, I happened to happen to glance upon an article before I came in this morning saying that it looks like there's an El Nina La, or La. La Nina, excuse me, that, that whole subject verb agreement. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> it's what I'm is here a, for. It, is forming, which mean, which typically means, um, under normal circumstances in those conditions, Southern California is going to be warmer and drier this winter. Um, but Northern California and the Pacific Northwest is expecting it should be expecting a wetter winter than normal, which is what we need. Which right? is from what I've heard about the drought situation in California, which the typically the whole state is in drought, but the North is really bad. We're not as bad down here, uh, but the north could really could really benefit from from that extra that extra moisture up in in the north. So hopefully that will happen. And also, it's it's apparently good news for most of the northern most of the northern states as you get towards the east too. It's a a milder winter. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So you won't need that jacket. The, well, no, I'm not going to. Well, certainly not going to need it in anyway. October. But we'll see what happens if I go back there and. January. There is a link on the National Weather Service website to the the climate forecast and shows uh, the blocking domes of high pressure that have kept the Pacific Northwest dry this last year and what caused the drought up in the Christmas tree growing areas and some issues up there with the Christmas trees for this year. Well, that's a, that's something that's something we might want to mention too for people to look out for. Uh, as we head into the as we head into the Christmas season starting in late November, uh, we've gotten warnings from um, some of our, from our grower. We only buy from one typically only buy from one one Christmas tree grower up in up in Washington State, and uh, they had some they they had a, enough heat and and drought up there this summer that it actually caused some damage to some of the some of the crops. Yes, they have a they were offering a flocking Christmas tree. Ones that were healthy but had been sunburned. So if you're going to flock them, it's okay. A pre-dead Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what I said. (laughs) But it had some brown needles on them that are still attached. There was some scorching on them, not not dead needles, but scorched needles. So if you're going to flock the Christmas tree, then it'll still be... Alive and well. well and- you know, since, since you do all that ordering on, on those items, you know, in addition to what Ken just mentioned about the, the lack of water and the you know, burnt trees or damaged trees, are, are there supply chain issues with that that you're aware of as far as transportation? That is transportation? what I've heard, that okay. there are. Oh, I haven't heard about the transportation other than uh, they raised the prices a couple of times because of earlier we had been told that the anticipated freight would be covered and then now it's not quite as anticipated it's part of it's not quite as covered as they thought it was that, be. that it would be yeah it's a yeah. it's a serious issue yeah. getting everything and i i reached out twice in the last 2 weeks to the potato the potato supplier i spoke to is it is it okay to go to that right now with trucking or do yeah you wanna, no that's fine um and their potato harvest was wonderful up in montana and they are it was too cold to ship this week but they're hoping to ship next week and I'm waiting for a freight quote because that's all that we're we're waiting on. Last year, we paid more for the truck to get it down here than the potatoes themselves. It's kind of like and dirt. this year, it's going to be worse. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure. I haven't gotten gotten that back, but hopefully next weekend, and if not, definitely the following week, we should have potatoes. the seed potatoes, eighteen of eighteen varieties. Very and nice. this is where my being a very lazy gardener has paid off because my potato bed is just growing like crazy with the potatoes that I missed in the harvest. Excellent. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. 
Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Ulmer. more garden talk here on kcbq and kprz little herb albert who says i don't know how to use a microphone you guys all heard that obviously i used it correctly yeah that was hot that was hot when you did that so uh anyway if you want to give us a little herb albert sorry if you want to give us call 888-344-1170 is the number we would love to talk to you just like we are going to talk to gail in el cajon good morning gail how are you uh, good morning. I'm doing fine. How about you guys? We're good. What can we do for you? Um, yes, I would like to plant some aeolium bulbs in with my roses, but uh, can they stand the fertilization that the roses need to bloom? Yeah, yeah, that's not going to be a problem at all. The only what okay. I if you're going to plant alliums around roses, I would not plant them real close to the roses so that they are when they come up that they're they're not going to get entangled within the rose bushes but i don't think that would be a problem at all not at all okay how far apart from the rose bushes do you think they should be just outside of the of the branching structure the of the, of the rose? yeah exactly yeah, yeah so if you've okay. got if you've got a if you've got a rose bush that's about three feet in diameter say about uh yeah. go about maybe a foot and a half or two feet away from the from the main trunk of the rose and i think you'd be fine Okay. And will they do well, the alien bulbs out here in El Cajon, or are they more uh, coastal? No, they should they should naturalize out there. Yeah, I don't think that would oh, be a problem okay. at all. And, they'll ben- and they will benefit from the, you know, typically with roses, you want to feed them a relatively high phosphorus uh, phosphorus food. Yeah. So that's what that's what builds up the bulb for the next season. So I, I think that would be fine. I don't think you'd have any problem with that at all. Okay. Thank you very much. You've okay. been more than helpful. <laughs> thank you. You have a great weekend, Gail. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Um, There's a pause there. The, there uh, is a pause there. I was looking at my notes. Go go ahead. Well, the the giant alliums, I, I we should have. I did qualified. not ask. Qualified. The regular alliums, yes, should do very well and naturalize. The giant alliums will do well this season, but may not naturalize. But the regular, the more popular. Well, maybe out in El Cajon, it might be cold enough that they'll might be that. That they will come I, back. When she started that, I was just picturing them coming up as you were alluding to, you know, right, the, right in the ro- middle, yeah, of the in rose, middle of the rose. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the only thing I would watch out for. Right. Um, got a got a nice message yesterday from John Clements from the Botan- San Diego Botanical Gardens. We talked to him last week, I guess it was, uh, <laughs> and he sent me some pictures of the some updated pictures of the corpse flower coming up, and um, it's big. It, it's going to be big, and uh, he said that I, I think he said they. I, I think he said they actually did an ultrasound on it. I'd have to, I'd have to go and look and see what the actual procedure was. But they, they did a non-invasive procedure to see what was going on, and he said it is indeed going to bloom. He said you can see the spathe starting to form. They put in the, jelly in the on it and have a little, little. Uh, I don't know video monitor there, and I don't know. But I, it's pretty exciting that it that it's going to bloom. So it'll be. That'll it's going to draw some people up there or turn them away. <laughs> it's going to make some people <laughs> sick. Yeah, it's going to draw oh, some flies. Uh, you know, yeah. our, ours is a is a huge conversation starter. Whenever I'm in the houseplant section in Poway and someone is is there, and they'll look up and we just start talking about it. And, and it is a strikingly handsome plant. Maybe yeah, I he even start... commented on it. He he said he he came into Poway and saw it. And he was he was impressed with it. So. Maybe I should start taking it out with me, <laughs> carry it go. around <laughs> like like some people take puppies. Yes, <laughs> wheel it into the bar with you. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Oh my! Uh, so yeah, the San Diego well, Botanical he, Garden. Keep your eyes on that. Yeah, did he update on the bloom time? No, no. But uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get some updates. As, well, as I guarantee you, when it is blooming, that that his name will come up on that screen, and he will let us know. I and then we no will doubt. let you know. I have no doubt. Because I am going to have to go see that. I, I as well. Me too. Yeah. Also. Yeah, I I definitely want to go see T O O. Yeah, me too. Also as well. Um. I hope it you, blooms in the next, you know, before mid-November. Yes. You had a case of um, mistaken identity. Mistaken identity come through 
the other day. Well, being the house of Walter Anderson Nursery, I had a customer come in and tell me about the white leaves on her beans. And so I was certain from her description that she had spider mites. Well, well, hang on a second. She had to say more than just white leaves because you know what, you know spider mites. And, well, and she it, had a problem. She had something wrong with her leaves, and they were, they were turning white. And beans this time of the year would not surprise me at all that they had turned white. been infested with spider mites and right. turned primarily white from the, from the spider mites. And unfortunately, well, actually fortunately, so I went, I went to the computer and I brought up pictures of spider mites on beans. And she goes, oh, no, it's not like that. And then she showed me the picture she had in her phone. And it was clearly mildew. Which is probably better. Yes, it'd be easier. She well, I, I shouldn't say better. It should be not as bad. It's easier to <laughs> it's control. Easier to control. Yeah. Yes, but it's getting late in the bean season anyway. Right. So yeah, I don't know if it's worth Google trying to control. It. But she she got some copper, organic copper to 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 spray on. But I was so proud of myself for knowing right instantly right. that it was spider mites, and once again, you were sound right. and flames. <laughs> Uh, there's in uh, my neighborhood. There's two houses that have enormous um, erythrina coralloides in their yard. Yeah, with, uh, what hang, for for folks that don't know, what is that? It's a, a naked coral tree, which there is actually a, it's a it's a it's a beautiful tree. Not not very big, uh, somewhat low branching, rounded. Uh, they lose they go dormant in the wintertime, and then in the springtime before they before they flush out with the new foliage, uh, they're just covered in brilliant red flowers a really really pretty tree but the downside to that tree is it is a spider mite magnet i mean both of the trees in my neighborhood are i don't think i've ever seen green foliage on them because they they it's leaf always out, modeled they, 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 the... they leaf out and they are just immediately covered with spider mites and i don't know if there's spider mites that are wintering over on the on the stems and branches or what but they as soon as they leaf out they're they're completely covered with spider mites you should Take your neighbor some horticultural. I oil. was going to say you should go to Walter yeah. Anderson Nursery in Poway, buy that gallon, and bring it over, and say here. Maybe just leave it on their front porch. Yes, with a with, note. With a note. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody is, must take care I'll have, of this tree. I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to get. I'll, I'll next time I'm walking in the neighborhood, I'll, I'll grab some foliage off of one and bring it in. We'll get some pictures of it. Um, was is the naked coral the one that doesn't have as an aggressive a root system? Was it's not bad. That, it's not bad. It's Erythrina capra is the one that's the the one the, up at the corner of the the one that's on the corner of, the, of uh, Scripps Highway Parkway and Community Road. It's a pretty tree, but it's such high maintenance, um, and you they they have horrible surface roots. They're incredibly flimsy as far as a tree is. It, it's amazing how big they can get given how little strength the trunk and branches have. They uh, fall apart pretty. Quickly and easily oh, and drop a, branches. When I lived on Oak Bend in Scripps Ranch, I had a massive one on the cor- front corner on my lot, and half of it broke off into my neighbor's front yard. I couldn't see their house when I got home. It was it was so big. That's not always a bad thing. Well, no. In this case, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but I had to go through and cut everything up and, and haul it away. And yeah. I would say the, the branch that broke off was probably a good 18 inches in diameter. Do you remember in the parking lot at Lindbergh Field? Back in the day, they had those in the median inside the parking area at, at Lindbergh Field. No. There was an oval, long oval, and there was a row of coral trees just destroying the, the sidewalk and the, the curb and the, and the parking lot below. No, I don't remember that at I all. I, I've never cared for them out here. Now, maybe it's because of the spider mites and I wasn't aware, but I, I just don't like them it's it's definitely not as popular as it it's definitely not as popular a tree as it used to be i the my favorite coral tree that grows well around here is a cristagalli it's low growing has very very um interesting character to the trunk it actually forms a bark on the trunk whereas some of the other coral trees that might be the one that we use in the wednesday wisdom that nan sturman spoke about and it it, it used when when the old caltrans building was still down in old town which is that park is, should be opening any time now because they put a huge park in where that building used to be. Um, but right on the corner of Wan Street and Taylor, there was a sign that said something about, I think it said something about Old Town. I can't remember what it was. And there was a beautiful Erythrina Christigalli that they had trained to grow up and over the sign. 
and uh, the has these big long flower spikes with these beautiful coral coral colored flowers on it. It's a really pretty plant, but you, they're hard to find. It, it's a tough one these days. Is the other variety of coral tree that was at the corner of Taylor and Linda Vista? Uh, it was in the grassy area on the northeast corner of Taylor and Linda Vista. Taylor there. doesn't intersect Linda Vista. What is what? Marina? You just ruined his story. Marina Boulevard? Marina Boulevard crosses That's what the I river. mean, in Marina Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, yes. Linda Vista and Marina come together, is that and then still, Marina crosses. Is that still... It was in that triangular yeah. planter there. Is it still there? It was an enormous tree. I think that was... A, I think that was... I think that was Coraloides. I think that. I think it's... I don't know. I'd have to drive by there and see. Or ask my dad next time he drives by there. He'll see. see. Uh, but it... Yeah, that was there was that a big one, one. There out was a in big front one of Caltrans. It was over the sign. I've it, forgotten about that. It was a really yeah, that's gone. It, that didn't survive into the into the plant the master plan of the park. And then as you're coming as you're coming from Highway Eight down Taylor Street towards uh Pacific Highway, on the right hand side there's a there's like three massive coral trees uh, in that planter on the right hand side of Taylor Street. I don't know what they are, but they are they're enormous trees. Is that where that big Psychus circinalis was that somebody uprooted? No, and that was actually it, 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 that was down where the where the new where the new Caltrans buildings are. Just past that, there's like a little it looks like a little adobe building. Yes. that was part of the Caltrans complex. Complex, and there was a big um, Psychus circinalis planted in okay, front now, of that. What is that tree? Um, it's a it's. A, I don't know the common name of it, but it's a, it's a beautiful cycad, really pretty cycad. It's a, an old school cycad, okay. and we watched it. That's before Poway opened. I was driving past that constantly, but then overnight, one night, somebody disappeared it. It yeah, it disappeared, never to be seen again. No, well, got it probably was seen somewhere, somewhere in somebody's yard. Yes. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Raindrops keep falling on my head But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red Cry is not for me gonna stop the rain by complaining because I'm free and we're back Nothing's worrying me. with more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman uh, you can call with your gardening questions as long as they are not what's the common name of Psychus circinalis <laughs> that we don't know well no well, we, we think we do it's according, according to this it's Queen Sago um I've never called it that. It's always been psychic. Nor have I. I don't think I've ever called it a common name. But it's a it's a beautiful a beautiful cycad. T- typically grows grows tall. Um, has a long frond on it with dark green, non dangerous leaves on it. Uh, doesn't have any barbs or spines on the on the foliage. And years ago, um, Jerry Hunter, who owns Rancho Soledad Wholesale Nursery here in, in San Diego, he also has a. I think he's. I don't. I think they still have a growing area over in Hilo in Hawaii. Um, they found a huge one growing on the big island. I mean, it was it was massive. And they bought it from whoever whoever had it. It, it, it was so big that it actually had multiple trunks. It, it had branched. And they bought it, and they sent a crew out to dig it up, and they were going to ship it stateside. But they couldn't load it into the shipping container. Um 
because I couldn't lay it down and load it into the shipping container. So they took the shipping container and picked it up by the end with a crane and dropped it over. Like a sleeve? The, like a sleeve over the trunk of the tree. And then they built a framework inside the shipping container to hold everything in place. And then they laid the shipping container down and closed the doors and shipped it over here. Um, I don't think it made it, though, after it got here. I don't think it survived. But I was hoping for I a different it. story. You I would tell us where we could go to visit it. You know, I, I, that, that's, I, this was a long, long time ago. Yes. This is what I, that's what I recall. Um, that's your story. I'll, 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 have to, I'll have to have my dad uh, get in touch with Jerry's daughter and see if, um, he, see if she remembers, uh, remembers that. Because I, I saw pictures of it when they were it, – it, it, it was incredible. I mean, it took up almost an entire shipping container. That's Where how, did it that's end up? It, it ended, I think it ended up at their. I think it ended up at, at their yard here in San Diego. Okay. But um, I don't. I don't know what the final disposition of it was. But it was. It was a spectacular plant. It was a. It was a really neat plant. Um, what have we got to talk about? Oh, you know, along well, in California, the Cal, for years and years and years, the California Association of Nurserymen, which is now. I think it's the California Association of Nurseries and Garden Centers. Yeah, CA and GC. Um, Their big push in as we would get into the fall was fall is for planting. Because fall, you know, in in the East Coast, it's the springtime is when they do everything. And they have a very short window of when they can plant stuff on the East Coast. Out here, yes, springtime is is typically our busiest part of is our busiest time of the year but i i i tend to think that that's because so many people out here came from back east so that's just what they're used to but in california fall is actually an out in southern california falls an outstanding time to plant stuff in your yard the temperature the temperatures start to cool off you don't you, they don't get as drought stressed from the heat uh it's a great time to put native plants in and get them established you know, and with typically with drought tolerant native plants they are low water use, but that doesn't mean they are no water use. And people don't always make that. People don't always make that connection. And um, I've seen it in landscapes in my neighborhood where people put in a drought tolerant landscape and then they don't water it at all because it's native. Because it's native, and it and you know what happens when that when they do that they die. It looks like a native. It they looks look like, like some a, of David's like plants that he brings home. It looks like the east, it looks like the east side of the fifteen at Miramar. At Miramar. So it, you know, just, another point to that though, Ken, is something David has discussed a couple times: is that in 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 nature, those native plants aren't a single plant in the middle of somebody's you know rock lava rock garden. They, mm-hmm. they, they practice the buddy system. They hang out together, you know, and they, and they shade they, each other, and yeah, they offer some shade, they offer some coolness to the roots, et cetera, et cetera. And we typically put a single plant somewhere, and so, so it they, has no protection from the sun on the foliage which they provide for each other, and no shade to the ground. So the ground cooks around them. So it's totally different. So they need a little bit, little bit more water, I think, when you, when you uh, plant them in that manner. Uh, on my way to my parents' house, kind of getting off a little bit here, off topic, but somebody put in a brand-new landscape, and they put in the dark-leafed lagerstromias. Uh, mm-hmm. cre- oh, the, the, black, the, di- the black cre- diamonds. Black diamond, yeah. crepe myrtles, right. and other dark foliage plants, and then they did a ground cover of black lava rock. So the black lava rock is going to heat up the soil during the day and cook whatever's in there. And there's no contrast yeah. between the foliage of the plants. It just, it's just going to disappear. Barely see, you can barely see any of it. Yeah. And that, that, that that's a really pretty plant, that black that black Against, and against greens against, or something. Against, against something other than black lava to, rock, yeah. It's to a, help, it, help it show up. Yeah, it's a it's a... It's a very pretty plant. Well, you know, that's a good segue. The black lava rock, is that is that a mulch or a compost? It's a mulch. It's a mulch. Okay. Is that, go ahead. Well, that's our Wednesday wisdom. So a lot of people confuse when you say, you know, need to put down some mulch or some compost uh, into your soil. Uh, a lot, you, mulch can be anything that you put on top of a soil. Pine needles, shredded paper, cardboard, black lava rock. Black, red lava rock. Red hot magma. <laughs> well, you know, you were you were saying earlier, Ken, when you about the smell when you you know the, the mm. compost or the the mulch that you smell uh, the scent yeah. from the dump. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a difference. What's that? Landfill. The, the dump, mm-hmm. and um, so when we 
we, we use compost to mix into our soil and to add organic material to the soil. But mulches can also do that if it's an organic mulch. Yes. You know, but some yeah, people it, just... But mulch just, it, it decomposes from the bottom of the layer down and right. slowly works its way into the soil, whereas... Uh, compost you mix into the soil so it will break down faster and more uniformly throughout the right add soil structure, add structure to the soil yeah right so so when i talk to folks i tell them you know it's there's a lot of usefulness to putting mulch down and then they'll say can i put rock and i said you can but we when i say mulch i typically am speaking of something that's organic it's it's gonna it's carbon based and it's gonna decompose it's going to help. It's going to hold right. moisture. It's going to release moisture to the roots. And it's not going to do what you just suggested with the lava rock. It's just going to hold the heat all night and reflect it back up into the plant where it's going to need a lot more water. See, I would, I would be of the position that if somebody's covering a larger area where it's bo- ma- mostly open area and you don't have a lot of stuff planted in it, um, if I was going to choose between rock or bark, I would probably go with rock just because I don't want to have to replace it at right. some point in time. And you still get the benefit of it holding the moisture in, and it doesn't absorb the moisture as much of the moisture as the as bark or some other type of mulch would. Um, but that's not in a, in a planting. You know, your citrus yeah. tree is has got rocks right up to the trunk. Yeah, yeah. no, I right. that I, that I, that I I probably would not do. Right. Um, but there, there's advantages. There's adva- oh, absolutely. advantages Advantage and to disadvantages both. Yep. to both. So it's just a matter of uh, what you're trying to accomplish. And if you're trying to cook the roots and the plants around them, black lava rock or or black beach pebbles. I remember burning my my knees checking the soil uh, in a garden in North Poway in the summer because it had black uh, beach pebbles around it. And it was just cooking everything. That will do it. Including my knees. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with another hour of Garden Talk next Saturday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.